Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights, your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. My name is Liam and although Tim is not with me tonight, I am not flying solo because I'm joined by a very special guest. She's one of the best medium-sized defenders in the AFLW, despite having only played five games at the level. A VFLW Team of the Year, not just not just in the squatters, which was announced today, but is in the, was in the team in 2022. A person who blanketed some of the elite forwards in the competition's history in just the second and third games of her short career. And a young woman who's been so impressive that Tim gave her the moniker, the Domvale Destroyer, Hawthorne's 29th AFLW player, Jenna Richardson. How are you, Jenna? Good, thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me on. All right, pleasure as always to have you guys all on. Um, so just going, just thought, think I'd start a bit tonight with your, your background, because you didn't play Australian football when you were really young, you played basketball and tennis. Can you, can you tell us a bit about that background and how that impacted your footy? Yeah, I started playing tennis first when I was younger and then um, in primary school moved to basketball, but managed both for a little bit. And then I stopped tennis to do basketball more competitively. And then I ended up picking tennis up and starting football. I think I was in year nine. A few of my friends at school wanted to join Dumbbell's local team. And one of my good friends, Jazz, said uh, she'll start if I play as well. And I assumed, like, my parents wouldn't let me, but I said I'll come home and ask. And Dad luckily said yes. Mum wasn't so keen. But, yeah, then I started. So I juggled all three for a little while, but um, finished basketball because I played competitive in that. So I finished my juniors with Nutterwood Inspectors. And then in year 12, I was at Eastern Rangers then, um, played three years there and then just focused on footy from there. So I kind of joined at a good time. It was the first interleague team um, for Eastern Football League. So I got to play in that. And then the first Eastern Rangers team when they joined the TAC Cup. Um, when I finished there, I went onto Richmond's VFL list but didn't get a game at the end of that NAB League season and then moved to Hawthorne the year after once COVID let us play again. So, yeah, that's pretty much my journey. And we were all very happy that you switched across to the brown and gold and you represent Donvale, the club you and I both played for with immense distinction. We're all very happy with that. Um, <laughs> so you were you were overlooked in three drafts as well. I, I spoke to you about this for a Talking Hawks piece I wrote about you a while ago, but can you just tell us about that journey and what that what impact that had, if any, on your football, like being overlooked three times? Yeah, um, I think the when it was my draft year, the first time I well, I made the um, 16s Metro team and then I was in the squad bottom age 18s. So I thought I had a pretty good chance to top age, but I actually didn't even make the squad for Metro. And I was pretty aware, like, talent comes out of those state championships. So that was probably the saddest point there when I I took that as like, I won't be getting drafted either, not being in that squad or team. Um, so that was really sad. And then the next year, I don't think I'd played too much footy um, or if any really. So I wasn't as disappointed. And then I think the third time was after a season at Box Hill. Um, I thought I played not too bad. I had Beck coaching me that year as well. And a lot of people were talking to me about if you get drafted and et cetera. So it did get me a little hopeful, but I was never too hopeful that I was extremely disappointed. So I just 
took it as like a good opportunity, have another year in the VFL. And I'd seen players and people that I know join the AFL competition and then leave the system after only one or two years. So I just looked at it as a positive and thought like I could develop more before I join it. And then Hawthorne made their team and it was, yeah, good timing really. Certainly was, especially with list sizes being so small, it makes it's almost a good thing, as you, as you said, to be able to develop a bit more and come into it ready. And you also had to change where you played as well, because as a junior, you played a lot as a midfielder, but now you're playing in defence. And, you know, mind you, that clever handballing shows, and I'm sure Mackie Eadley and Kath Brown are extremely grateful for that. <laughs> um, so what, what kind of prompted that transition? Was it as simple as that's where you're more likely to get a shot or they felt you were better used there? Um, a little bit of both. I think like most people playing at the elite level play mid when they were at local as that's where you can get more of the ball. But I, when I was a bottom, bottom major at Eastern Rangers in my first year, I actually, then there was only about five games. Then I was in the back line. Um, and I moved to the wing for the last two seasons after that. So when I came to Hawks, I just, they said, line up, like go in groups in your lines. And I thought, oh, probably a better chance, like trying to play as a defender. So I literally just, and I think at Richmond, I had been training as a defender too. Um, my Rangers coach was part of the second year I was there at Richmond. So um, then I just thought, yeah, I'll try it as a defender. And it seemed to work all right. And I do enjoy it down there. So yeah, that's how. You do a terrific job down there. And I guess now just starting to move towards Hawthorne AFLW, obviously you've talked about your signing already as a pre-list recruitment out of Box Hill, but you came into the side about halfway through, well, not about, exactly halfway through last season. Was it difficult coming in midway through the season, like having to get up to speed quickly, especially having missed a fair whack of pre-season with injury? Yeah, it was difficult, especially with like game fitness, very different to training. So I was not too sure how I'd hold up, but I think I'd only done... I'd done one main training before that game. So it was really more about how I'd feel physically. Um, I trusted all the rehab process and knew my injury was at a good like level. It was just more how I'd be able to hold out the game. Um, it was also only like my first game. So I felt like there was a lot more attention, which did increase my nerves. But no, I was just honestly so excited and I felt like having those five games out felt like a lot more than five games. So I was, yeah, ready to go. That might be because some of the assignments you had in those games, games two and three, you had some, I'll call them challenging assignments. By that I mean Aaron Phillips and Cora Staunton. Uh, how did it feel being thrown to them so quickly? And like, did that impact, did having those two players impact how you prepared at all? Um, I think no matter who my matchup is, I always get a little nervous and like to study their game a little bit, but I try not to take too much away from how I like to play and not get too worked up on that. Um, I really looked at those tasks as like a good opportunity and I felt um, like the coaches really believed in me. So it was kind of like a nice thing in a way, even though I was super nervous and knew it would be really challenging and got to look at it as like a good, like it's, I'm grateful that I'm the one chosen to play on them. So, yeah. Yeah, um, they, they, they weren't. Um, <laughs> you had that injury. You had, obviously, I think it sounds like it's quite similar to the one Lucy Wales is dealing with now. Um, has that, did that, how has this preseason been by comparison, I guess, not dealing with the injury? How's it been doing a full preseason? Yeah, it's actually been really good, especially 
like not only fitness obviously but also just confidence getting more kilometers in my legs and touch the ball I think I did majority of last seasons pre-season but it was just that week before round one I had to stop and it felt like mentally you just feel like you're going to lose everything you've worked but yeah luckily I had a good base and I think yeah I'm just even more excited this year and especially with the group I feel like the whole intensity's gotten better so to be out there for every session it's definitely going to pay off I think. Yeah. Um, do you think the new recruits have played a big role in that lifting intensity and how have they been in general as well? Yeah, absolutely. I probably couldn't speak highly enough of them both. Um, not only on the field, but I really love them off the field too. They're just great people. And yeah, Batesy's one who leads by example, but also with her voice and brings everyone along. Definitely a big reason why our intensity is lifted. And she just, when she's running with you in drills, like she makes you want to work harder and want to put in extra effort. And then Greta, like just all in hand is amazing. And especially her being a forward, like take every opportunity I can to play on her at training because I know I'll learn something from it. So we're very lucky to have them both. Must, must be nice knowing that she's not on the assignment list this year though. Um, yes, <laughs> I am glad. Yeah. Um, so Tamara Luke, when we had her on not long ago, identified you as probably one of the players who's really going to improve the most this season, but who do you see as the player or players who will sort in new heights in season eight? Uh, there's so many I could list. Um, I really think, like, obviously all those that did well last year will continue and improve and shine, but I think Anya will take it to a new level. She's shown some really good signs in preseason. I think with a bit more confidence behind her, yeah, she'll be great and really hard to stop. Yeah, um, we've, we've, we both think she'll be a top forward in the comp within a couple of years once she just gets a bit more confident with the overball. Um, the practice matches as well, obviously, we're coming out of them now, coming into round one, time recording, it's just three days away. No, we can't wait. Um, how do you think those two games have helped prepare for the season? Obviously, they were very difficult games, especially that, um, that second one against Melbourne. I, I will say our defenders got a lot of practice that day, so... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, they were two uh, completely different games, especially as a defender. I felt like couldn't get too involved in the Bulldogs game, which is good for our team, though. I felt like we controlled most of that despite the scoreboard. But yeah, Melbourne was a great learning curve for us. Um, obviously, we lost by quite a lot, but I think it was very beneficial for us getting to play them in a practice match so we could take a lot of things away and then hopefully it's yeah different result come round four. Uh, yes. Uh, so just a, another quick, quick one for you, I guess. What are you, do you, what, bleh, I will learn to speak English eventually. Um, do you have any particular goals for the season, either as a team or individually? We're probably not measuring, we're probably not strictly in a win-loss measuring phase just yet, but what kind of goals do you have individually and as a team? Yeah, well, I think as a team, like we always talk about getting gold, so never shy away, like everyone wants to win the premiership. But I think to take a step up from next season, it would be to win more than three games and hopefully sneak into finals is really what I set to. Um, personally, I want to get through every game, play consistent footy to be able to be selected every game and hopefully I can beat any opponent that I get assigned to. Well, you've shown, you've shown you definitely can do that already. Uh, just a few quick questions, to, a couple of quick questions to finish off. How are you all feeling for round one? I know we're very impatient here. Yeah, you know, round one, team we don't like that much. Frankston, how are you feeling for it all? Yeah, I think it's 
obvious. We have a rivalry with Essendon through the men's program as well, and that extends to fans. But we're so excited, um, especially to have it at Frankston. Like we feel like we that's our home really, and yeah, we just can't wait to put everything we've been training for into practice. It feels like it's such a long time coming. So yeah, I can't wait. It feels like it because it has been. I think patience went out the window about nine months ago in these studios. Uh, and just one last question. We really like asking it, but it's been a while since we have one and a couple of the common answers have left for the club as well. Now, who would you classify as the coach's pet and as the team pet? <laughs> wow. The coach's pet and the team pet. Um, team pest, sorry. Just oh, pest. Sorry. Yeah, that missed. So the team pest, I would have to say, would be Soph this year, especially because every time I walk out of the change room, she's there scaring me. Name we've heard before. Yeah, it's funny for her and it's funny after I stop being scared. But yes, definitely Soph. And then Coach's pet. Ooh. Um, it's definitely not Anya. <laughs> um, who would I say? I might throw a different one in there. Not sure who would say this, but I'll go with Tim Luke. I don't think that's come up before. No, the main, yeah. the main ones we've had for the team pest are a catch and Anya. We've had yeah. that Wait, and was the other question coach's pet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we've had, I might have had Tam Luke once or twice. I didn't have to, I should make a spreadsheet on that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that brings us to the end of tonight's, today's episode of Soaring to New Heights. Check out our socials at HFC Soar on both Twitter and Instagram, Soaring to New Heights on Facebook. The season's only a couple of days away. We're done waiting. We can't wait any longer. We'll be here every step of the way. You will be sick of us by December. Of that, I can almost guarantee you, because if you want any coverage there with women's footy in the brown and gold, your one-stop shop is Soaring to New Heights. We also provide our content, Timmy and I, for Talking Hawks. Plenty of content there, men, women, you name it. Um, Jenna, thank you very much for your time tonight. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me. All right, and as always, go Hawks. Hey.